ஒன்பதாம் <coughs> 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 அல்லாஹும் and in that khutbah that he delivered many things that he advised many things that he said among those things was that he addressed the sahaba and said to them ya ayuhan nas o people aslihu sarairakum tuslahu alaniyatukum this khutbah that he gave also was an a very momentous occasion this was at the time when baitul maqdis was about to be conquered that itself is a top topic on its own that when abu ubaida bin jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an he came with his forces when the people of baitul maqdis Masjid Al-Aqsa and the surrounding areas the Jews that way had it in their control at that time and they refused to submit so he surrounded the entire place with his army and the siege remained for a while eventually they said that our scriptures won't say something that is incorrect they believed in the scripture what they had in front of them much of it was correct some of it was interpolated things that they had added from their side but much of it was the original so they say that in our scriptures there is a description of the person that is going to conquer this place so if you put forward the person that is your leader and if we see him and if it matches the description in our scriptures then we will hand over the keys of the city because they enclosed themselves inside the city they locked all the doors big walls huge walls around they locked the doors and they said we have enough provisions for years we have everything stored so we'll carry on inside here you want to remain surrounding us you can carry on to but if you bring this person whose description is mentioned in our scriptures then we'll hand the keys over to you so as abu bida bin jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an he thought that hazrat umar radiyallahu anhu is all the way in madina munawwara this is here in sham and where we going to give him the trouble right from there they merely asked to put forward somebody whose description matches what is in the scripture so to put somebody forward hazrat khalid bin walid radiyallahu anhu is with us and his 
facial features were very close to Hazrat Umar they put him forward so they put him forward you want us to put forward somebody who is perhaps mentioned in the scriptures so here is one person so they looked at him from above the priests and whoever the leaders they opened their scriptures and they are looking at the person that is in front so then they said look the description is very close to what we are seeing then they asked what is his name I said well his name so there was no question of speaking any lie mu'min lie these two things so they said his name is Khalid said, look his script his description is very close to what is here but the name doesn't match they didn't say what name is there so the name doesn't match so we're not going to accept this so Abu Vidam Jarrah was the Amir of the army. He said, fine, bring Amr ibn Aas They put him forward. What's his name? He said, his name is Amr. They said, his name is very close. But the description doesn't match. <coughs> bring somebody who matches this person's description and this person's name. So eventually, they decided that we have to call this is the situation here and they are ready to hand over the keys if this description it's obvious now what they are talking about it's obvious that this description only matches him because Khalid's features and Amr ibn As Amr and Umar very close it's obvious they are referring to Umar so eventually write to him this letter comes the lengthy incident eventually has Umar who sets forth on this journey with one companion riding on one camel taking turns to ride the camel from where? from Madinah Munawwara to Baitul Maqdis and they come close to a place called Jabiya has Umar had sent the message that we will meet Jabiya he sent the message to the commanders Abu Bida bin Jarrah and various others, other senior Sahaba came, they met him there. And when they see him, after meeting him, Umar Lanu is dressed in some patched garments. And now it's a journey of this nature. During the course of the journey, some tears occurred in his clothes also. So he said, Okay, wash this garment for me journey of that nature, walking, riding through the deserts and wherever. Watch this garment for me and lend me one garment in the meantime. So they brought something very, very fine. He said, what is this? He said, no, this is fine cloth. So he just used it for a short while and then he took it out again. He said, bring my own garment back. Just sew that thing and bring it back. And that camel that he was riding on said, look, this is a conveyance that is regarded as very very menial person riding this conveyance is not even looked down upon so they brought a pony the pony has its own manner of walking also a camel walks with its own very very humble walk pony horse has a proud walk so when Umar walked well, he accepted it for a while just to make them happy but as soon as he walked a few meters maybe he said bring my camel back and he said this 
walk of this also already started bringing some, making me feel some change in me. Can we imagine Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he's saying this, this walk of this horse already brought some change in me. And then he addressed the Sahaba and he said to them, this was one of the other lessons, that innakum kuntum nas wa nas wa nas because saying you are giving me this clothing because you are feeling that I will be looked down upon so I must change my clothes and wear this kind of garments I must change my conveyance and ride this horse instead of this camel because I may be looked down upon and people might not give me the respect that is supposed to be given etc so remember very well that you were the most despised of all people you were the ones who were looked down upon by everybody and you were in very, very small numbers also. <coughs> then, فَأَعَزَّكُمُ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ Allah Ta'ala gave you izzat, gave you respect, gave you honor by means of Islam. Then he said, فَمَهْمَا تَطْلُبُوهُ بِغَيْرِهِ أَذَلَّكُمُ اللَّهُ Whenever you will try to find respect in anything besides Islam, you try to find respect in something that is apart from the commands of Allah Ta'ala. You want to try and bring yourself into the hearts of people by adopting ways that are against Allah Ta'ala's commands. Allah Ta'ala will disgrace you. Allah Ta'ala will dishonor you. Allah Ta'ala will do it. So in any case, this was, the incident is lengthy. The, eventually when Hazrat came, now he's walking further. As he's going towards another city, it was now the time because this was fixed. I will ride for so long, you will walk. This was fixed with his khadim. And then you will ride the equal amount of time, I will walk. When it is the last stretch, this is a time for that servant to be riding. Umar al instructs him to ride. And he's got the reins of the camel in his hand. Who? Amirul Mu'minin. Who's coming to conquer this place. His servant is riding on the camel. And he's got the reins in his hand. And as they come now, there's some spot there which is filled with mud. And they go to cross over it. So he was wearing leather socks. So he removed those leather socks, put it under his arm. And his lower garment, the lungi that he was wearing, he just raised it a bit with one hand. So he got this socks under his hand, under his arm, with the reins in one hand, and his lungi held up. And he stepped into that mud. And then he passed through it and came out the other side. And he carried on walking. And the other sahaba amazed that what is going to be the outcome now? And would they be going to go and meet all these people? They are going to be opening their scriptures and they want to see the description and they want to give the keys over to the person who is going to conquer this place. And they're going to see somebody like this. How will they react? And that was actually the occasion when they expressed their fear. They expressed their concern. And Sir Umar Lanu made this statement at that time. That kuntum nas, nas, nas. You were all the most despised of all people. Everybody looked down upon you. Everybody regarded you as totally nothing. But now you are being looked upon as conquerors. 
you have you are looked upon with respect and honor. Why? فَعَزَّكُمُ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ With Islam. Allah Ta'ala gave you this izzat, this respect, this honor. And then he said, الْأَمْرُ مِنْ هَاهُنَا What you are worried about, how they will react. The matters are decided from here, from above. Not decided from down. Matters are decided from Allah Ta'ala's side. People don't make the decisions. When Allah Ta'ala decides to give izzat and honor, then if the whole world tries to disgrace, nothing can happen. And if Allah Ta'ala takes away his help, then the whole world can try to help and give izzat and honor, nothing will help. And then finally he comes, and as he is getting closer, these people are standing at the top, and they are opening the scriptures, and they are seeing what is written in there, and they are matching it with the person that is now approaching. And they are saying, it's written in our scriptures, that a person will come, this is what he will look like, this is what his name will be, and he will come walking, leading a camel by the reins, and he will be uh, in this kind of condition, with this kind of wearing, something was mentioned about the socks under his arm as well. And they handed over the keys. And they handed over the keys and they said, without any fight, we will just be ready to now give, because we, can, we are aware fully well, it's written in our scriptures, that we can do nothing in this con- This person will conquer the place. Why do we now risk our lives? Give it to him. But then they didn't just leave it at that. Enemy is always very, very, uh, in very subtle ways, in very stealthy ways, enemy will continue his work. So they began having the meetings. They said, we can't conquer these people in this manner. We're going to conquer them after a long deliberation. Say, get them involved in the fitna of wealth and the fitna of woman. Get them involved in the fitna of wealth and woman and you'll conquer them. And Abu Bidah bin Jarrah, he is still there now. Umar conquered the place and went away. And now every day they go to come from where their base is to the masjid, masjid aqsa for salah. So five times up and down, ten times they go to pass the bazaar come through. And the morning now they come out after these people's deliberations. The entire place is all the most beautiful women. They lined up in all kinds of garments and whatever to distract and attract. And they put all the attractions of wealth all over the place, right through the whole road. And as soon as they came out, the sahaba came out and the amir saw this. And he addressed the Sahaba immediately. And he gave them some nasihat. And he cautioned them, don't ever look to your right or left. Be conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And keep your gaze low. And in any case now, days went. And nobody turned one eye to any of things around them. Eventually they said, these people we can't conquer in any way. They are with the help of Allah Ta'ala is with them. So this was entire the incident. In any case, what we were talking about is that on this occasion, when Hazrat Umar met with all the Sahaba in Jabiya, so he gave many advices to them. And among those advices he gave to them was that, Ayyuhannas, O people, Aslihu sara'irakum, Tuslahu alaniyatukum. That you bring your private matters in order. 
your matters between you and Allah Ta'ala you sort out then those things that are with you and the people those things which are public issues external issues Allah Ta'ala will sort that out for you you make your issue with Allah Ta'ala correct private one is private but it's inside the four walls of somebody's home that too to some extent the people of the house are aware but what is the private of the private what is a person's own secret with Allah Ta'ala only only he and Allah Ta'ala knows in one dua Nabi Salaam is to make the dua that we are taught the Muslim duas Allahumma j'al sarirati khayram min ala niyati wa j'al ala niyati saliha Ya Allah make my inner self now that's the innermost thing that is between him and Allah Ta'ala nobody knows he's sitting in the masjid sometimes he's sitting right in the house of Allah Ta'ala might be appearing to be deep in muraqaba so only he knows but what he's thinking at that time which business he's busy running only he knows or which goal he's scoring only he knows and Allah forbid sometimes which haram place he's in only he knows so ya Allah make my inner self better than my outer self that my inner self is conscious of you all the time my inner self is adorned with ikhlas, with sincerity. My inner self is adorned with tawazu and humility. Outwardly, a person can make a uh, pretense of humility, but the real humility is inside the heart. person truly believes I am nothing. So, Ya Allah, adorn my inner self with this. I am nothing. I am nobody. Who am I? Why must I crave for some kind of recognition? Who am I? I'm nobody. So, ya Allah, adorn my heart with this reality. Adorn my heart with this ikhlas, with sincerity. That whatever I do is for your pleasure. No other intention, no other motivation. Ya Allah, adorn my heart with haya. So that if nobody else is around also, because there's haya in the heart... I'm conscious that I must be ashamed to do something in front of Allah Ta'ala which I will be ashamed to do in front of makhluk. So, Allahumma j'al sarirati khayram min alaniyati. Ya Allah, make my inner self better than my outer self. Generally, the outer self would be good. Nobody wants his outer self to be negative. Now it just depends on which level a person is in, what are his circles, where he moves. So accordingly he'll make his outer self. So that is a good thing. Nabi Islam is saying, Ya Allah, make my inner self better than my outer self. But then sometimes people are in that misconception that what is inside is what counts. Outside, that's not the important thing. Indeed, what is inside is what counts in reality. That at the end of the day, it is what is inside that counts. If the inside is not in order at all, then even the outside will get washed away. If the inside there's na'uzubillah kufr, then a person can have the longest tasbih in his hand, he can be fasting the whole day, he can be reading Quran Sharif, he can be making tawaf day and night. But if there's kufr inside, there's nifaq inside, all that will be of no use. So the outside, no matter how grand it was, it's of no use.
if the inside is not correct, then it will wash the outside away also. But with the inside being correct, the outside is not something that is to be neglected and ignored. Nabi Islam is saying, Ya Allah, make my inner self better than my outer self. And make my outer self also righteous. Make my outer self righteous. And both these things go hand in hand. The outer self also impacts on the inner self. It impacts on the heart. Very, very simple way of understanding this is, take one child, maybe a few years old, and put him in one clown's costume. If he knows what's a clown, so put him in one clown's costume. Don't tell him anything after that, and just see how he's jumping around. And put him in one policeman's uniform, and see how he's seeming to be shooting everybody down. And put him in one kurta and turban, and he'll go look for the tasbih. Outwardly, he's just wearing something, but what he's wearing is impacting on him. Subconsciously, it's already affecting him. He's beginning to act out what he is on his outer self. So the outer self also has an effect and an impact on the inner self, on the heart. <coughs> but the real thing is obviously the heart. So the heart is the most important thing. But the outer self also, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi saying, Ya Allah, grant me my outer self also, make it righteous. When a person is going to buy some fruit, so the real thing is inside. But he looks at the peel also and sees this is all kinds of stains all over the place. Puts it aside, give me something else. He doesn't say, well, this is stained on the outside, so it doesn't matter. The real thing is inside. Because the outer side, it shows sometimes what is inside. Those stains give an indication there's a problem inside. There's something happening inside that is now showing itself outside. So this is the first thing. Umar Laun also addressed the Sahaba. And he said, make your inner selves correct. Get your private matters in order. Allah Ta'ala will sort your other matters out. And one aspect of this, which becomes very clear, that what, what is the meaning of this, the application of this? Many a times, many a times, person comes and, oh, my correspondence, whatever, complaining about the issues. Now, this is a complicated thing. It's not one single issue, one single matter that becomes a reason for these kind of things. But many a times, person is complaining about the problems that he's having on the domestic front. And when in the cause of the discussion, the question is asked, are you looking after your gaze? Person says, no, that I'm not doing. And from when this all started, he says, well, the more I got started getting involved in all this haram, looking at haram, then I saw this also happening. And nobody else knows he's looking at the haram. Nobody else knows what he's up to. His wife doesn't know. But he is now, between him and Allah Ta'ala, he's corrupted it. <coughs> that is having an effect on his external issues. And now his domestic life is in turmoil. As I mentioned, that this is a complicated thing. It's not necessarily one issue and one thing that has these kind of problems or brings about these kind of situations. There are many, many things. And it can be from any direction also. 
But this is a particular situation we're talking about that many a times a person comes and complains about these things and in the cause of the discussion this is one of the problems. And many a person has then come back to say Alhamdulillah after I sorted this problem out even my married life came right. That muhabbat seems to have increased. Nobody knew where it started off and where it ended. He made his matter clear with Allah Ta'ala himself. So, this is the first thing he mentioned to them. That you get your private issues in order. Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. Allah Ta'ala is watching. يَعْلَمُ سِرَّكُمْ وَجَهْرَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala knows your secrets and He knows what you do openly. Everything He knows. He knows what passes through the heart and mind. وَمَا تُخْفِ sudur. So you can't hide anything from Allah Ta'ala. So do what is going to please Allah Ta'ala. Get your private matters in order. Get that heart in order. That intentions in order. One person one day came home. And he came home and his wife started crying. So he asked her what happened. The Tanvi Rahmatullah has written this incident. So what happened? So she first was uncontrollable. See what happened? Any case afterwards she says that there's this person working for us for years. We grew him up from a child. A servant, whatever. And we trusted him so much. And all these things, after all that, so many years have passed in this manner. And we took care of him and whatever else. And today, he came to leave something at the door. Whatever some item it was, he's the worker now. So in that moment of handing over that item, he touched me wrongly. That has broken me. So now when she mentioned this, so this person started crying, the husband. So she's asking, what are you crying about? She says, no, it's my fault. It's your fault? What is your fault? So he was a, he used to sell jewelry, jeweler. So he says, well, today this happened, today something else happened to He says that some woman came to buy some jewelry, so on the pretext of getting her to just size it, my intention changed. And I put the jewelry in her hand with the wrong intention and I touched her wrongly. So this is my fault. What I did there, my private matter, I, I corrupted it. So the impact came on my side. So we have our matters clear with Allah Ta'ala. Our heart is in front of Allah Ta'ala all the time. We adorn our external selves, we want to make our homes look nice, we want to make our cars look very smart, we want to make our clothing very smart, we want to do our gardens up properly, we want to do everything spick and span. But more than everything else, everything else in his place, more than everything else is the heart. The heart must be totally clean, the heart must be shining. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْدُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ سُوَرِكُمْ وَلَاكِ يَنْدُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Allah Ta'ala looks at the heart first. So this was the first thing he mentioned to them. Then the second thing he mentioned was وَأَعْمَلُوا لِآخِرَتِكُمْ تُكَفُّوا أَمْرَ دُنْيَاكُمْ 
that you work for the hereafter. Make the hereafter your goal. And your affairs of dunya will get taken care of. Now, does this mean that a person now will just sit back and do nothing? No, he will make his moderate effort. But he won't kill himself for dunya. His focus and target will be akhirat. And he will work for the akhirat and he will earn for the dunya. He won't work for dunya. He'll earn the dunya to the extent of need, moderate effort he'll make, whatever is then decreed for him will come in that. But he will work for the akhirat. He'll make an effort for the akhirat. Then whatever dunya is meant to come, in that moderate effort, in that reasonable time and effort, Allah put everything in it. Allah put all the barakat in it. One person has a certain, in Durban, has a certain store, and across the road from him is a Hindu person with the same shop. Exactly the same thing. Meaning the same things he does. So the old story. So one other businessman, one day this Hindu person is telling him that when this Muslim across the road, when he used to close the shop at the time of Zohar, so I used to now expect, because we are doing the similar thing and we are the only two people in these old streets. Both are very busy. During the course of the day, both are very busy. So when he used to close his shop at the time, when it's prayer time, I used to expect my shop is now full, even more. Because now his doors are closed and my doors are open. Since at that time I used to kill flies also. And then when his doors open, then my customers come also. But while he's gone for salah, prayer, he used to say, while he's gone for prayer, he says, day in and day out, I experience this. That I'm now expecting to get his customers. So I used to make sure my doors are open. See, even my, my shop used to be empty. Whereas the rest of the day, both are busy. So a person's risk is Allah Ta'ala has already decreed. And we are asked to make a moderate effort. From shufi manaki biha. Walk on the edges and eat the risk of Allah Ta'ala. You'll have to walk, make an effort. But a moderate, reasonable effort, Allah Ta'ala will grant it. But the effort for Akhir is the goal and target. And then the third thing he mentioned to them, That never ever be in seclusion with a strange woman. Because the third one present is certainly shaitan. Never ever be in seclusion with a strange woman. Whether in the workplace, whether wherever. Because this is <coughs> the handiwork of shaitan then. And in various pretexts, the seclusion, shaitan will make it happen. But, Nabi Islam is spelling this, this is in some, Ahadi is the same thing expressed. And the Umar is expressing this lesson in this occasion as well. This is actually from the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu That when a person is in seclusion with a strange woman, the woman who is not his mahram, then the third one present is shaitan. And shaitan will do his job. One person in a dream or whatever conversed something with shaitan. So shaitan said, if I can manage to get Rabia, Basriya and Hassan Basri in seclusion, then I still have hope I'll make them also komud guna. Not that this would have necessarily happened. But shaitan didn't lose hope of that also. 
And then the fourth thing that he mentioned, among many other things, was Roman Sarrathu Hasanatuhu Wasaathu Sayyatuhu Fahuwa Mu'min. The person whose good deeds make him happy, not proud. Being proud is something else. But like a person is grateful, he's happy. Somebody gave him something, he's very grateful, he's happy. So out of gratitude, he's happy with Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq that Allah Ta'ala blessed him. Not that is my achievement. I have done something. Ya Allah, what a great blessing from you. So he became happy on his righteousness. Allah Ta'ala gave him the tawfiq of performing salah. He became happy on that. He didn't feel it like I now had a burden to do and got it done now. It's over. No, he felt happy about it. Allah's fazal, Allah's tawfiq. He gained the tawfiq of reciting Quran Sharif. So he made shukr. Ya Allah, your great tawfiq and blessing this is. He recited tasbih, he made his dhikr, he did some other good work, he helped some person out, he made khidmat of somebody. So this made him happy. This happiness is a sign of iman. Not being proud, not regarding it as one's achievement, regarding it as the grace of Allah Ta'ala. But expressing this happiness, this too is a sign of iman. To become happy on righteousness. Wasa'atu sayyatu. And his evil, his sin, his mistake grieves him. He doesn't gloat over it. He doesn't go around advertising it. He feels very, very grieved about it. How could I have done such a thing? He's insan, he can slip up. But if he slipped up, he feels pained. He feels hurt. If he's feeling hurt, that's a sign of iman. And if he's feeling proud, and he's actually now boasting about it, what others couldn't get done, I got done. Where others couldn't go, I went. And he's now feeling proud about this. This is a very, very, very dangerous level. Person's iman is at the brink. So these are the lessons that we have to imbibe, we have to bring into our lives. The lesson of bringing our private selves, our inner selves, the innermost secrets of ourselves. Bringing that in order. Setting our affairs with Allah Ta'ala correct. Allah Ta'ala will sort out the rest of our affairs. Clearing our hearts, adorning our hearts with the right qualities. And all the other lessons as well. These are the things that we have to make an effort for. Allah Ta'ala grant me also the tafiq and all of us. Rasulullah <laughs> 
دل میں راہ ہو جائے ایک میدائیں ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار نامہ سیاہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے استاد میں آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 لا 
Allah, 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 Muhammadun Rasulullah Sallallahu Tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa sallam Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu Wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk Antak ma athnita ala nafsik Jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa anu ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب خير ورحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمثنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أصلح أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين يا الله أمس مصف الله most gracious and kind Allah إله العالمين يا الله indeed we are most sinful يا الله يا الله for all our sins يا الله all our major and minor sins, forgive it, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins committed secretly and openly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you know everything about our hearts, Ya Allah. You know everything that we have done, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, nothing we can ever hide from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on Iman, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Islam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you purify us, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our hearts beautiful, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the snakes and scorpions, Ya Allah, of all the evil deeds and all the evil actions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove the pride, the jealousy, the malice, the hatred. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove all the evil lusts and passions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of salah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a taste of tilawat, Ya Allah. Grant us the sweetness of dhikr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to remember you at all times, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us some ghaflat and indifference, Ya Allah. Save us some indifference, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, keep us perpetually in a state of dhikr, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect us and protect our families, our Ya Allah, relatives and friends and the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, save us all from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us in your obedience, Ya Allah. Every breath of ours be in your obedience, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, without your protection, we will fall in every destruction, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us, Ya Allah. You protect us, you safeguard us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect our iman, Ya Allah. Protect our amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect our mu'amalat, Ya Allah. Protect our akhlaq and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Make everything be in accordance to your commands, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to follow the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of Yahud Nasara, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove their ways from our hearts and lives, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have saved them, shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Ya Allah, remove all their sicknesses and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all those who are in financial difficulties, remove their financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who don't have jobs, give them good jobs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in debts, Ya Allah, make the easy payment of their debts possible, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, remove every bit of the debts from them, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody is, Ya Allah, remove it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, wherever the ummah is suffering, Ya Allah, remove their suffering, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledging this is due to our deed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us a topic of doing those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from those amal that bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the difficulties from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the difficulties from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in under oppression, Ya Allah, remove the oppression from them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Give the oppressors also hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, those who don't have food to eat, give them food, Ya Allah. Those who don't have shelters to live in, give them shelters, Ya Allah. Those who don't have clothes to wear, give them clothes, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Give us Jannah to fill those without the reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabr's with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Those of our parents, our satra, our relatives, whoever else have passed away, Ya Allah. Allah, grant them the high stages in Jannah, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill all. All their, ya, Allah, ya Allah, give them the best of Akhirat, Ya Allah. Give them the best of Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilalameen, Ya Allah, at the time of all that also, Ya Allah, grant us the best of dunya, Ya Allah. Grant us death on Iman, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, grant us Khatma bil Khair, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the best of dunya and the best of Akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Nabi Islam begged for. Ya Allah, we also asking for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam asked protection from, Ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna saluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين